0: i want us to consider where this really goes and where it really began all what we discussed in the middle here going back to the beginning the the overlap the great reset the brain machine interface all of this stuff what would have what could have been done to get them to that point right? Pre-COVID, 2019, right? It's obvious they're nipping at the bud of this direction, if not aggressively doing it in the background. All of it, the Great Reset, the all the things we've talked about, the the techno- technocratic future. Well, what would they do? What could they do? Well, the one thing they wanted to do was, you know, better map the brain and better understand how to efficiently achieve the neural link brain machine interface concept, right? So one way they could do that would be to flood the human species with some sort of nanotechnology, right? To figure it out. These are just all theories here. Certainly something's concerning with where we see this going. Well, keeping that in mind, let's look at what's being posted here. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. Altman et al. explains regulatory behavior and actions, military operation all along, which you know. FDA has no power to stop it, which is very interesting. No exemptions, no concern over harms that come after taking it. It's all been theater, apparently. It's not a public health initiative. It is a national security operation. This is a leading cardiologist in the world pointing this out. Here's the study. This comes from trial site news. Here's this point. Oh, well, here's the actual. I I might go over this more in depth. There's a lot of interesting stuff in here. But just to the main point, and then we have more articles to back this up in a different direction. This is. The did national security imperatives compromise COVID-19 vaccine safety? This is very interesting. Now, we all know Operation Warp Speed. Whitney's done amazing work on this. Derek's done amazing work on this. We've done excellent shows breaking all of this stuff down. This this was a government military operation from the very beginning. Now, the point is, it still is. As it says here, a national security operation. There is now evidence to suggest that the SARS-CoV-2 virus... Again, that was my point before, not the COVID-19 virus or the COVID virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which causes the disease of COVID-19. But let's, let's not worry about the doctors misnaming these things because they know, right? Was, interp- was interpreted by the U.S. as a national security threat in early 2020. Furthermore, there appears to be strong evidence that the United States Department of Defense was and still is in full control of the COVID vaccine development program, including the clinical trials which makes sense, development, manufacturing, quality assurance, distribution, and administration since 2020, which explains everything, really. The evidence shows that the chief operating officer for the warp speed vaccine program is the U.S. Department of Defense. Pretty big deal. It also shows that the chief science advisor in the U.S. of Health and Human Services, and that this is what we are, I mean, you already knew all of this. The only thing that shifted was they pretended this was no longer the case. It is. This is based on evidence you can check out for yourself, and I don't think I, I don't think we ever really questioned that it was, but now this is just backed up by more and more evidence. It also shows that the chief science advisor in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, uh, it, it appears that all the pharmaceutical manufacturing and distribution is being done under contract with or by the U.S. Department of Defense. The major pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer, Moderna, all the rest of them, have been involved as project coordination teams acting under contract to the US Department of Defense. It's not what we're being told, is it? Communications to the American people by Anthony Fauci, Walensky, Alex Azar have been disingenuous from early 2020 to late 2022. Contrary to popular belief that international pharmaceutical companies drove the COVID vaccine development programs, evidence published now by the FDA themselves reveal a chain of command and control under Operation Warp Speed, whereby COVID vaccine manufacturers effectively performed performed as subcontractors to the DOD. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's not surprising, but it just shows you that we're being deceived here. Such overall authority and control could account for the apparent readiness of the FDA to significantly compromise or trade off the normal safety standards for the sake of expediency, given the DOD imperatives and perceived emergency. Right. Sort of like the national security, same point, where suddenly it just doesn't matter. The FDA has played fast and loose with the safe and effective, the emergency use authorization, as we have proven and exposed into the ground. The nature of gene based vaccines, the true nature of the COVID-19 vaccines in quotes, has been largely misrepresented by mainstream media. Big pharmaceutical companies and governments and these serious therapeutic agents, consequently, are poorly understood by the population at large. Referring to these products as, quote, vaccines led most people to consider these therapeutic products to be relatively safe and well-researched, and they readily accepted their widespread use without question. However, these COVID-19 vaccines are not really vaccines. They are serious gene-based therapies which employ a gene-based technology which has never before been deployed in fully approved therapeutic products. In this sense, they should properly be considered to be experimental, and much safety and efficacy information has been gained since the introduction of these products almost two years ago, which is what they're denying today. COVID-19 injections fall under the U.S. FDA Office of Cellular Tissue and Gene Therapies, the definition of gene therapy products, in that these products involve introducing a new or modified gene into the body to help treat a disease. Everything about this is clear. Despite this, the FDA did not evaluate this therapy in relation to the specialized and established gene therapy guidelines. Gene therapies have never been widely used in a general population. God only knows what it's going to do. While gene therapies have been the subject of considerable research over the past couple of decades, their application has been limited to the treatment of usually rare, serious, and debilitating disease and genetic conditions. The reason being is that these products have a potential to cause permanent, intergenerational genetic damage cancer, and interfere with reproductive capacity. Yeah, exactly what we're seeing. Maybe short of the permanent intergenerational genetic, but that's what we're going to see going forward generation to generation. Gene therapies are viewed as a special class of therapeutic agent due to these potential risks, including death and irreversible harm. For this reason, the FDA and other drug regulatory agencies have put in place detailed rules and guidance documents to direct manufacturers in the development and testing of these products. These guidelines cover both preclinical and clinical research. Due to the obvious and accepted inherent risks, gene therapies have never before been considered for mass deployment in a population. So what they do? They lied to you about it, especially to healthy individuals, including children, infants, and pregnant women. To facilitate general population acceptance, there was a concerted effort to avoid referring to them as gene therapy. However, the fact is these products utilize the delivery of genetic material to produce a pharmacological effect. Adv- advocates of gene-based vaccines argued that because the genetic material was not intended to be incorporated, even though it is, or modify the expression of genes with DNA, even though they are, these products should not be considered as gene therapy. However, a distinction would appear, would, uh, such a distinction would appear to have more to do with market acceptance than the science. I mean, it goes on and on, guys. It's so obvious to me that there's an overlap here. Now, this is the next important point. He also points out, Latapava mass mandated DOD program. Big pharma companies are effectively shields for the DOD to execute their national security operation. On the public explains why government agencies willfully blind to outcomes. It really does. This is important. The role of the U.S. DOD in COVID countermeasures enterprise. Now, it says all COVID countermeasures, including the biological warfare agents marketed as COVID-19 vaccines, were ordered by the U.S. DOD as a large scale manufacturing demonstration via other transactions authority contracts. Hundreds of COVID countermeasure contracts became available via FOIA and SEC disclosures in redacted form. Review, these contracts, review of these contracts indicates a high degree of control by the U.S. government, DOD BARDA, and specifies the scope of deliverables as demonstrations and prototypes only. Think about that. its what you're putting in your body. In other words, the U.S. government and DOD specifically ordered a fake theatrical performance from the pharmaceutical manufacturers just to make extra certain that the pharmas are free to conduct the fakery. The contracts include the removal of all liability for the manufacturers and any contractors along the supply and distribution chain under the 2005 PREP Act and right related federal legislation. Now, that's an important point to not miss. I keep making this point from the beginning. It's not just the manufacturers. It's any contractor along the chain. We're talking about including the nurse supplying the shot. I made this joke before. She could literally slip and jam you in the eye, and you wouldn't be able to sue them. Now, I argue there's probably a way you could make that happen, but the argument here is that they're included in the distribution chain. They, they remove liability. It's unprecedented. The contractors are structured under the Other Transactions Authority. A method of contracting allows federal agencies to order otherwise regulated products, bypassing any regulation, exactly, and as well as financial accountability mechanisms that cover standard government contracting and other laws that regulate disclosure and intellectual property derived from public funded research. So in other words, they literally did everything in every way to make sure that this was not something you could look at. You can't check it. You can't see the data. Gee, I wonder why the FDA is still pretending, or rather the, comp- the Pfizer is still pretending they're going to drag this out for years. Dripping out the information. This is why. Because it was never meant to be seen. Because these are ways that they go about this. To make it seem like it's normal processes while they give you a gene therapy, DOD contracted military agenda. Other is a catch-all category that is not a contract, not a research grant, not a procurement, not any normal regulated accountable government contracting. Here's a typical contract scope for vaccines. You can read it for yourself. This is the, as they say, the typical. It says, while the DOD bar to countermeasure contract refer to safety and efficacy requirements for vaccines and mention current good manufacturing practices compliance. These items in the DOD version are explicitly carved out and not being paid for nor ordered by the U.S. government. Great. So they, they removed the things about that requirements for safety and efficacy, what does that show you? It gets even more interesting when we examine some of the redactions in these contracts. So other than removing the need to make them safe, you know, basic stuff, it says, I know what is in the redacted part of the above paragraph, and I, it was not hard to figure out. The first redaction under 111 background is Fosun Pharmaceuticals. So why would they redact that? So the sentence reads, Fosun Pharmaceuticals, Pfizer, and Biotech entered into an agreement for the co-development. You you can, right there, and it goes forward, and that's what's blacked out. Now it says, Pfizer-Biotech is really a third-party R&D alliance. Fosun, Pfizer-Biotech, and by party, I mean that one of the three is the Chinese Communist Party. Very interesting. Fosun is a huge Chinese conglomerate that owns a large number of global companies, and its chairman is a very high-ranking member of the CCP. You think the U.S. government doesn't know this? That's exactly why the things are being redacted. There's more coordination here than we want to realize. It is curious that the U.S. DOD awarded $10 billion, Pfizer Operation Warp Speed, DOD, BARDA contract, to a venture whose substantial equity holder is the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, you have to see, this is why they pretended they stopped things in Wuhan, but maintained the project elsewhere in China. We're being played, guys. And, of course, one side of the two-party illusion is screaming at you that it's only China bad guy because that's how this game is played. Now, in no way does that mean they're not. They're all bad guys as far as I'm concerned. For avoidance of doubt, it says, Below is the timeline of some, some of the key investments and R&D details, deals I was able to identify from public SEC shareholding disclosures immediately preceding and following the quote pandemic. It says in July 2020, the DOD awarded other transactions agreements under the authority of US 10 USC 37 IB to Pfizer value of $10 million. Very interesting. Now it says down here, just to make sure we are talking about the exact technology in the mRNA shots, here is the definition from March 17, 2020 agreement between Pfizer and biotech. It's exactly what we're talking about, and it does mention pursuant to the FOSUN agreement. Well, look at that. The same documents describes a data sharing agreement. Pharmacovigilance. Remember Monsef Salawi and the monitoring of every popula- everyone in the population who got the injection well after this, not talking about trials? That's still happening, by the way. Globally among three parties. So apparently that means this Chinese company is monitoring you. They will count the bodies and share the data with each other. Remember, pharmacovigilance was not a trial thing. That was monitoring the rea- the lives after the injection of everybody that took them, according to Monsef Salawi and Operation Warp on the pharmacovigilance aspect, there is a fourth participant in the arrangement, the Israeli Ministry of Health. Who didn't see that coming? Which entered into a data sharing agreement with Pfizer on January 6th, 2021, and gave Pfizer January 6th. That's an interesting date, isn't it? Maybe we were being distracted. And by extension, USDOD and anyone who controls it, biotech and anyone who, uh biotech and anyone who controls it, FOSTA and anyone who controls it, CCP. All right? So all of them are sharing data access to their citizens, centralized electronic health records. But don't worry, Benjamin Netanyahu promised to keep the data de-identified, right? Even though he's already been caught not doing that. They've already been caught using it for other reasons and so on. So is, I think, France and the UK. Everyone, they're all using it. That was the whole point. But think about it now. So we've got a Chinese company, not necessarily provably the Chinese government, but something you can consider, along with Pfizer, the DOD, and Israel. Apparently, it was a secret agreement to make this and pretend that they were doing the checking and balancing. And here we are, acting like this is not as alarming as that sounds. Side note, Israeli government recently misplaced. This is a real story, by the way. I, this is so ridiculous. Recently misplaced the manufacturing and supply agreement, the what we're talking about, with Pfizer mentioned in the data sharing agreement above. So we know for sure that it exists. The government sadly cannot find it for some reason. Somehow this came out on Israel's side of it, and they're reporting that Israel actually said that they misplaced the agreement. What do you mean? We're living in a digital world here. We're going to pretend like they have one physical copy and they can't find it? I mean, they really think we're this stupid. This is hiding what we're talking about here. This gets even larger and more interesting when looking at the sources of R&D, research and development, financing. It turns out there were numerous financial backers and co-investors in the biotech venture in the years preceding the global fraud and mass murder exercise. Now, remember, we already talked about this. Nobody can explain why this happened. According to Crunchbase, biotech, a tiny company with just a handful of employees and zero products or scale manufacturing, apparently raised $1.7 billion in nine rounds of investments since around 2008, large portions of the money, $1 billion plus, was raised before 2020. That's, the, that's more than half of it. What was it for since no big clinical trials or mass manufacturing was happening then? Apparently, they just all guessed exactly right. Or as Bill Gates and everyone else said, oh, we just we saw they invest in these companies before something. It didn't make sense from a fiduciary point or from just a personal investment point. But they did it anyway. And boy, did it work out for them. The point is, this doesn't make sense from any perspective. What it does suggest is foreknowledge. Note, it says, many people ask me, what about Russia and China? When I talked about our own government and DOD engagement in mass genocide of Americans, she already answered the China part, They're ally with the DOD on this. So before we get further, this is what she's arguing at the very least, which seems to make the most sense that this is a coordinated effort. That's even what the new whistleblower speaking about the overlap is saying as well. And apparently, getting no acknowledgement from the new, from even independent media. It's I. I actually reached out to have him on for an interview, but I haven't heard back. The interesting part about this is that this obviously seems this way. Now, the Russia part of it's a different angle. I still argue that all of them seem to be to somewhat in, engaged with this agenda. But what they're saying here is that this seems to be more about the like the divide. There would make sense. It's just her opinions, though. But bottom line, it says we have already established that COVID nineteen vaccines are bio are bio warfare agents legally not medicines, not pharmaceuticals, and not regulated as such. Use of the emergency use authorization covered countermeasures under a declared public health emergency cannot constitute a clinical investigation. Therefore, these countermeasures could not be tested for safety or efficacy in accordance with U.S. law, nor could compliance with good with current good manufacturing practices or good distribution practices be enforced by the FDA. That's what Dr. Malo- Dr. Uh, McColl was pointing out. So apparently we're all being deceived about any of this being actually engaged with and, re- and regulated. This legal fact was known to the U S government, to the DOD, to the bar, to Barta, to FDA, CDC, HHS, all the officials signing these contracts involved in the operation warp speed. And it was also known to Pfizer, Moderna and other par- pharma companies. MRNA technology has always been designated dual use guys, which she's right. That's a category of bio which has always been the point. From the start, COVID pandemic was treated by the U.S. government as a national security matter, i.e. war. And COVID policy was set by the National Security Council, not the HHS. It's very obvious what this appears to be. All we're ever asking is for people to ask the questions. Now, here is an alarming piece from Consortium News pointing out that the CIA is involved and always has been in laboratories, you know, making say vaccines. <laughs> Explain for me why the CIA is making, you know, quote, vaccine. Yeah, bioweapons. No, that's a very alarming thing because the CIA is not in the interest of protecting you in any way. They like to pretend that. I st- I'd say the same thing about the FBI, to be honest. But the CIA is not out there trying to make vaccines to keep you safe from illnesses. That's not what the CIA is supposed to do. So what does this mean? I, just, I, I You can't see this as anything other than defense. Or rather, excuse me, see, even I get fall into their traps. War. Active aggression with these kind of alarming things. As it says, the CIA has long had labs, whether overt or covert, where terrible things happen. The Central Intelligence Agency announced in October 2020, which was ignored until just the past few weeks when it began circulating on social media, that the CIA had launched something called CIA Labs, a federal laboratory and in-house research and development arm for the CIA. Yeah, that's not disconcerting. To apparently drive science and technology breakthroughs for tomorrow's intelligence challenges. The agency says that CIA labs will join with the network of more than 300 other federal laboratories and that it will serve as a research partner for labs, academia, and industry in disciplines spanning from artificial intelligence and biotechnology to quantum computing and advanced materials manufacturing. That's pretty obvious. The CIA deputy director for science and technology, Don Meriredix said in a statement, quote, in an evolving landscape, CIA labs will help us maintain our competitive edge and protect our nation. And rightly, he writes, whatever that means, it's whatever they want it to mean. When I was at the CIA, he writes, and this is written by John uh, Kierkau, I believe is how you say it. I think it's how you say his name. When he was at the CIA through the 1990s and into the middle of the next decade, the deputy director for whom he worked was fond of saying over and over again that the job of the CIA was simple. Recruit spies to steal secrets, then analyze those secrets so that policymakers could make the best informed policy possible. Right. So inherently dishonest. Right. Like Pompeo would tell you, lie, cheat and steal. That's what they do. So it's stupid that we pretend that they have your best interest at heart. It says that was a fantasy at best and disingenuous propaganda at worst. The truth is that the CIA for decades has been active in areas including labs and experimentation from which it should have stayed away they make a point about here about so all the way long before the Roomba was ever something being used that apparently they had this thing cutting the grass in the CIA square where you you know, not for the public, basically going, oh, it's some invention we don't know what to do with, which then later became the Roomba, he says. So good luck with that Roomba circulating your house. Who knows what that's actually doing? But my point here. As he points out, the new lab is actually not new. The CIA has long had labs, whether overt or covert, where terrible things happened. Before they celebrate this new CIA labs, they've done things like MK Ultra. Or I would argue a lot of this is kind of variations of MK Ultra, you know, like this one's interesting, whatever you however you pronounce that, a program whereby the CIA would infiltrate foreign pharmaceutical companies to steal their drug samples and information about drug development. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And would then seek to duplicate or modify them. Or sabotage them and make people sick. Or in this one, it was about you study on dopamine and morphine and using it had expanded to use hallucinogenics and LSD. And it, this is part of MKUltra, I argue, and, and dosing people. Same thing here, Operation Midnight Climax. You've heard about this one, where what they did was CIA safe houses in San Francisco, and then they dosed non-consensual consenting consenting adults with you know all with drugs and tested them when they were in and prostitutes. And, I mean, these people are gross. These are horrific things they did to people. People died during MKUltra. There's a famous case where the guy jumped out the window. They lied about it forever until his family grudgingly proved it. The CIA's very first foray into drug experimentation was Project Chatter, in which both animals and humans were dosed with drugs uh, to, uh, what to say, and mescaline to see what, what they might do. <laughs> Great. Now, God only knows if that's one of the things they're doing to you right now. Maybe this right now is one of their agendas to see what it will do. He says, as you can see, the CIA's track record when it comes to developing things in labs isn't a good one. And we only know about those above programs to things like the Church Committee. That's that's probably a crack through the door. There's probably an entire body of horrific work we have no idea about. Stemming all the way back to the end of World War II and Dr. Ishii and the Operation Paperclip and whatever else came before it. I mean, these are horrific people that they brought on their side and took the research of that were doing dangerous and alarming things with biotechnology and with God knows what else. All the horrific things the Nazis were doing just got absorbed into the United States government. You, this is documentable information. Same thing with Dr. Ishii in Japan. That's that's the basis for the bio-research program in this country, and we're still doing it. His bottom line, I don't care uh, how proud CIA is of this foray into government labs. I don't care if it considers itself to be a research partner for other labs. I don't care if its leaders believe that they have a place in artificial intelligence, biotech, or anything else. The CIA has proven time and again that it can't be trusted. Somebody who used to work for the CIA, or maybe still does. The CIA has no business in creating a lab. It shouldn't exist. So, all that being said, there's some interesting overlap here. Former director of DARPA, Regina Dugan, in 2020 told Yahoo Finance that mRNA was in their plan since 2010. Call her for Senate Congressional Inquiry. Who gave her this terrible concept for mass-use product? Well, that's interesting, right? So now we've got this deep overlap all the way back to 2010 where the, the, the very people we're talking about, the DARPA, the DOD, were working on a mRNA product, which, was, in which we know they've been working on in general, but they're talking about this in the context that's concerning, and all of this overlaps. With this DOD project using nanotechnology, which we'll get to next, specifically in this case, you could see the mRNA being discussed, which we now see is being used very dishonestly which is hurting a lot of people. It says this is this this article goes back to 2020. 2020. And what I remember was a pivotal moment in 2010. We can't wait. The normal 3 to 10 year for a vaccine. And what if and what if instead we could use mRNA to create a vaccine in days and weeks instead of the normal years long timelines. They're trying to trick you into doing that now even though it's literally killing people. So what's important is that at a time DNA vaccines have been tried, they made protein, but they didn't produce enough. So apparently these are producing more proteins. Great. They lacked potency, so there wasn't a strong immune response. And Dan argued that mRNA could be different. The point is 2010, guys. There's a problem here. Here, a 2016 speech by Fauci's conduit, this is uh, EcoHealth Alliance, Dazac. Fauci's conduit to the Wuhan lab explaining exactly how the lab would make COVID. Or, specifically, as this says, here's a 2011 Washington Post op ed by Fauci and Collins arguing that gain of function research was worth the risk. Listen to Mr. Dazak telling you. And this is the same point, guys, that these are things that they knew that they were working on how to make these more dangerous, pretending they're working on vaccines.
1: Other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them, some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people.
0: That's gain of function. That's what they did, that's what they're still doing, and that's what led to this. That's it's the simple reality. Now, here's a tweet from La French Con Action US Naval Research Laboratory Center for Biomolecular Science and Engineering have been working on bio nano hybrids for a very long time. Now, this is all connecting to a point, so stay tuned to the end. Doesn't this, doesn't this describe perfectly what many scientists have observed under a microscope when putting the mRNA shots under their lenses? Watch for yourself started in the
1: mid-1980s. The Naval Research Laboratory is one of the first uh, DOD laboratories to to be established. Currently, we are involved in several programs that seek to integrate biomaterials with nanomaterials.
0: Which is exactly what the World Economic Forum and even Elon Musk is talking about. Senior scientists for biosensors and biomaterials. Don't forget that Biden literally just signed his bio- a bioeconomy executive order, where they are building the biosecurity state right now. This has been planned and been prepped for for a long time.
1: With nanomaterials, bio-nano hybrids are nanomaterials which have components of both classes of materials. For example, a semiconductor quantum dot, a gold nanoparticle, a carbon nanotube, or carbon uh, fullerene.
0: Yeah, people talk about the carbon and graphene oxide in these conversations. It's all this is all overlaps. It's not crazy to consider that, seeing as how numerous studies have been written exactly pointing about how carbon or graphene oxide is the next thing for vaccines. And yet they act like we're it's clown, like clownishly stupid to even talk about it like it's a complete conspiracy theory, despite a whole body of science talking about that thing decade ago being the future of vaccination. You know, so, and so we need to ask whether we are being lied to here.
1: They'll also be functionally integrated or display biological components such as DNA or enzymes. They're an amalgam or a functional composite of the two and what we're interested in is how they're able to work in sync and do much more or exploit properties of each for uh, value-added applications. We try to develop a fundamental understanding of of how nanoparticles can be interfaced with cells controllably. So that nanoparticles can be moved from being used as a mere label of a cell to now being able to be used to control cellular function.
0: To control cellular function. Right, this is old. They've been working on this since the 80s. We're talking about using exactly what we're talking about. Nanotechnology. Lipid nanoparticles are an example of that. Doesn't mean that's what this is, but we should ask these questions that can eventually control your cell. I mean, we're talking about using this to, you, to create drug responses, right? I mean, I played this opening clip a million times. This is exactly what they're talking about. Wall Street
1: and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to pack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories.
0: So using your body, using this nanotechnology and genetic therapy to turn your body cells into something that produces what they want it to or whatever else they want to do. That's what we're talking about here. That's what is possibly happening today, or at least the attempt to see if it works or to test something as people are dying and being hurt all over the place and they're lying about it and pretending it's not happening.
1: We have a project right now that's looking at understanding how to target specifically a nanoparticle that's introduced into a cell and have that nanoparticle target a specific protein. And so the way we do that experiment is we have cells expressing a protein of interest and then we physically microinject Sound familiar? nanoparticles, in this case they're semiconductor nanocrystals or quantum dots, and we can actually visualize in real time the assembly process of the nanoparticle to the targeted protein.
0: Well, that's very interesting. Two last points to tie this all together. Here's the same plot, same uh, Twitter account, U.S. Department of Defense agency DARPA, or rather the you know the defense uh, well, DAR- the U.S. Department of Defense agency DARPA. Not that that's the acronym for it. Nanotechnology related efforts, 2003. Thank you for sharing this. I'm I'm glad you posted this stuff. Here is the na- military nanotechnology page. Here's I'll just show you the um, beginning of it so you can see the title page. Potential applications of preventative arm control. Very interesting. Now, I forget where this was. I think it was 2003, right? Yes, 2003. Now, here's what, here's, he highlights a couple of interesting parts. I had a little bit more than that, but basically going off what he's pointing out. We should, we should go through this in depth. Here's what it says. And, and remember how 2003, and we just pointed at, we just talked about, and all the timelines, the DOD control, it says a rather near-term application is connected with biocompatible magnetic nanoparticles that selectively attach to biomolecules or cells. This could enable not only biodetection and diagnostics, but also initiating and monitoring of functions within the cell. DARPA Biomagnet ICs, 2003. Future possibilities for manipulation of cells will likely allow marketed modifications of human nature that could be used for many military purposes. You know, or tested on you in the real world time, right? Like something, it's amazing that this is not at least considered, as this is exactly what we're dabbling in. Here's another alarming part. Implanted internal monitoring, data processing, and communication systems this would need nerve-brain contacts to transfer information. Okay, well, now you see the overlap with the machine-brain interface and why that's so valuable to this exact part. Before now, I didn't really... I mean, there's plenty of overlaps. But specifically with what they're doing with the injections and what that might be doing, apparently they need nerve-brain contacts to transfer information that I guess take the data that they're collecting, assuming that's still needed today, 20 years ago almost. So, the point is that that could be something completely different today. It could be done by signals or Wi Fi or whatever else we're talking about. Either way, it's interesting to see that that's something all the way back then that's being applied right now. And weirdly, the owner of Twitter is an avid proponent of that. Proponent of that. Communicating complex thoughts or feelings would need contacts to the associative brain cortex. Since the representation there is mostly unknown, major progress in brain research would be needed before transfers could be envisioned. (laughs) envisaged. Envisioned. <laughs> the point is, maybe what they're doing now. Maybe what's already being done. Maybe what Elon's working on. Maybe what anybody, who knows? This is overlapping and concerning. Mechanical enhancement could work with integrated enhanced tissue, muscle, bones, and tendons. System-wide modification of biochemical processes in the body. Maybe that's what's happening right now in your body, if you've taken these injections. Will probably arrive in 5 to 10 or 20 years. Okay, so we're talking about 2003 2001, so right now or before this. targeted manipulation in body cells, what they're talking about would likely become possible in 10 to 20 years. so right now implants for monitoring body status and releasing drugs could come into being in five to ten years. So apparently that happened a long time ago if that's correct. Okay, final point. I want to remember I want us to remember a very central and weirdly disconnected point of the COVID-19 beginning. The arrest and shuttling away of Charles Lieber, who apparently is still working on scientech, I just saw a study that it was his name on it. Maybe that's just because they retroactively gave him credit. I don't know. But nobody seems to really know what's going on. Wasn't he supposed to be arrested for some kind of national security risk or treasonous overlap with China? Apparently not. Either way, this... I've always argued was a central point to all of this, The something tied this back to everything. And I think what we're seeing here is that the DOD, the reality of what they're really doing, the department of defense, the reality of what they're really doing, the overlap with these exact efforts and the injections they're using today. And all the way back then what they're talking about and how that is almost exactly what we're seeing put in people's bodies today. And now consider this with all of that virus sized transistors, actual nanobots, that are the size of viruses, in 2011. As they pretend that they've got these clunky big things you can insert in your arm, and that's the leading technology, as they've got literal transistors that are the size of a virus in 2011. Imagine being able to signal an immune cell to generate antibodies, you know, like we just talked about. That fictional possibility is now a step closer to reality with the development of biocompatible transistors the size of a virus. Biocompatible. Fourth Industrial Revolution. Charles Lieber and his colleagues, you know, the guy who quickly got sh- rushed away in the beginning of all this, the leading scientist in the world on this technology, and his colleagues used nanowires in 2011 to create a transistor so small that it could be used to enter and probe cells without disrupting the intracellular machinery, you know, like they were just hoping to reach back then. The article we just read. These nanoscale semiconductors. Switches, These semiconductor switches, nanoscale, could even be used to enable two-way communication with individual cells. Devising a biological interface in which a nanoscale device can actually communicate with a living organism has been an explicit goal from the beginning. You don't see the overlap by now. I don't think we want to. When he finally engineered the tiny device which means 2011, they already had this, and tried to insert it into a cell. However, he had no luck inserting it into the cell. But guess what, guys? Guess what the revolutionary step that was developed that made that work? When his team coated the hairpin nanowire with a fatty fatty lipid layer, lipid nanoparticles, to encapsulate what they need to insert into the cell. Weird. It's exactly what's happening today. Is that what you're inserting into your cells? In some cases, I don't know. Certainly worth asking the question. The device was easily pulled into the cell via membrane fusion. This innovation is important, Lieber explains, because it indicates that when a man-made structure is as small as a virus or bacteria, it can behave the way biological structures do. So you wouldn't even know, guys, if COVID-19 was literally this that got out of control. Literally created a virus that did this kind of stuff that then Got tested, used, got out, became a virus in of its own right. Who knows? The point is, this guy got rushed away. Everything was shuttled away. And no one's talking about this overlap because he was working with China. I don't, I, I don't know how we can ignore this anymore. Such devices might one day provide hybrid biological digital computation. There you go. Or deep brain stimulation for Parkinson's patients. That sounds familiar. Or serve as an interface for a prosthetic that requires information processing at the point where it attaches to its owner. Where would we hear this before? Those are the claims that Elon is spreading right now about why what he's doing is important. That doesn't prove any kind of connection, but I'll tell you what, it sure concerns me. It's sure an interesting overlap that I think we should wonder. I don't know how these things aren't logical, fair questions to ask. We know they are, but in the corporate discussion, All of this connects. All of this overlaps. These aren't conspiracy theories. They're literally working on this stuff. So where is this right now? 2011. Where's this groundbreaking virus-sized transistor that was going to change the world? Apparently, no one talks about it anymore. I wonder why. Maybe, maybe, it's because of this.
1: Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Are you vaccinated, vaccinated if I yes. may Yes, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, very pro-vaccination. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've, uh, it's, the science is unequivocal.
0: Can you imagine that- it- And he said that about COVID injections specifically. But yes, that's, that was a while ago, so he could have changed his mind.
1: In 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains, and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants. Just think of sensors. Planted into our brains. Basically implanted in your skull. So, uh, <laughs> but it would be flush with your skull. So you basically uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the neurolike device in there. Um, you, you put the, the electrode, you would insert the electrode threads very carefully into the, the brain.
0: Right, exactly what they, we just read to you was what was needed to achieve what they're talking about. Right. That's the next step they need to, I guess, absorb all the data that maybe has been collected by these nanotechnology. I don't know. I mean, I I, you guys, it's very clear. These are my theories. I'm just throwing these things out there. But this is some alarming overlap here as we get distracted left and right by all sorts of partisan garbage everywhere. It's clear this thing is marched in the same direction and hasn't stopped.
1: It doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. It's a fusion of the physical, the digital, and the biological world. That's really the essence of the fourth Industrial Revolution. A merger with biological intelligence and machine intelligence. An effort for man to merge with machine in a healthy way. Yes. To beat machines, you basically have to merge with machines. Most likely, yes. As work is changing, is a universal basic income um, really a a, a solution to to this problem? I think ultimately we will have to have some kind of universal basic income. And I think some kind of a universal basic income is going to be necessary. Decarbonization of the economy. Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. I mean, my top recommendation, honestly, would be just to have a carbon tax.
0: I tend to think it's pretty obvious. And again, I made I made the point in the beginning. It's certainly possible that Elon Musk doesn't feel that way. Maybe he doesn't agree at all. Maybe he thinks he does, maybe he doesn't care about the world that am for him. World Economic Forum. Maybe he does. Maybe this is all about that. Or maybe he believes he's taking advantage of them and he can play them just like he does them and he'll use them as they want and he'll end up doing what he wants anyway. That's All that's certainly possible. You know, my point before, maybe he thinks that's what's happening and maybe he's being played. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it obviously matters, but in the context of what we're watching play out, it's just about realizing that we are being manipulated and used and tested on and always have been if we really be honest about our history. Now we just need to acknowledge that what is currently happening and stop these things first and foremost from being given to anybody else. Then be very, very much concerned and on guard about this entire agenda that very much won't stop, even if these injections stop. This, this is the ongoing battle of good and evil, guys. We need to continue to fight because we're fighting for good. We're fighting for honesty and truth and objectivity. And, you know, it doesn't mean we're always right. But as long as you continue to act with integrity and try to do your best to maintain that, it's all you can ever try to do. And that's why you guys are here, because you care about the truth and you care about being objective. So help me continue to fight and wake people up to this. I'll leave you with an Eisenhower clip that says it all. Thank you all for being here. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
1: From the president's office in the White House in Washington, DC, we present an address by the president of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yet in holding scientific research and discovery in respect, As we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite.